It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Cowboys sent you. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not a ton. Uh, we're just continuing to make our way through these positional group, uh, positional room series, and, and talking about these guys. And uh, We have quite an interesting group, uh, of, mm. of, of uh, a group that was very highly touted last season, who definitely uh, did not live up to the hype uh, and that we're hoping can have a real bounce-back season this new defense. Yeah, I think of all the positions that we have discussed and we're going to discuss, I think linebacker is the one spot that could see the biggest upgrade, right? The the biggest jump in play from what we saw last year. Um, I actually just watched a 2018 game, uh, the one against... Um, the Eagles, the the Sunday night Eagle game, and the linebackers were just so much better than they were last season, and it's a noticeable difference. Um, so we're going to get into all that today. Um, but first, I think we should start with the coaching staff because this is a team that has had some different linebacker coaches in here over the last, what, three years because for a long time it was Matt Eberflus, and then in 2018 it became Ben Bloom, and now it's Scott McCurley, who, surprise, surprise, is another Pittsburgh guy that Mike McCarthy is bringing over. Um, let's go ahead and start there. How big of an upgrade or whatever do you think between Bloom to McCurley is going to be this year? I think it's fair to assume that Mike Nolan is going to have his hands in this a little bit, too, because that's what he was with the Saints, was a linebacker coach. Um, but what do you think about the transition from Bloom to McCurley? Well, I don't even think it's just uh, McCurley, and it's not even just McCurley and Nolan. I think you got a one, one name that's been kind of forgotten in here is that we hired George Edwards, who yep, used to be point. the defensive coordinator for the Miami uh, for the Miami for the Minnesota Vikings for the last five years, which you know, pretty good defense. I mean, obviously, yep. the the bulk of that has been run by uh, by their head coach and and you know, the system that that he brought over from from Dallas, and it was ironic because it, it was. You know, Edwards is actually with the Cowboys as a linebacker coach, uh, you know, way back when. So uh, it, it's kind of, to a certain degree, coming full circle for him, right? Um, right. But yeah, as you know, so I think what they're what I'm getting at is that it looks like you know McCurley's got uh, some you know, skins in the wall. He's, he's has he's a, has a little bit of experience, but you add in Edwards, you add in Nolan. And now suddenly you've got a, a very experienced, very talented group of coaches back there, kind of all uh, coaching up that second level. So I think the, the coaching, the coaching upgrade alone uh, at the linebacker position, I think, is going to be absolutely immense because you go from a guy who, you know, was a, a, admittedly a first-year <laughs> coach, and and you know, I mean, the, just by you know. <laughs> 
my resume going in last year, but then obviously as the season went on, uh, there was a, a lot of, of, let's just say, rumbles of incompetence. Sure. Uh, so, sure. so to go from that to uh, not only a solid linebackers coach in Scott McCurley, but then on top of that, you know, behind him, uh, looking over his shoulder, having George Edwards and Mike Nolan there, that's that's a really good group of coaches to to to, to coach up that that middle part of the defense. Yeah, you uh, you made some good points there. I don't know how much you want to dive into to Ben Bloom here, but uh, we can just do, do a little bit. We can, yeah. Let's um, talk about a little bit. Sure. I, I'm not sure he was a great fit with the linebackers in that that room. It didn't seem like they always saw eye to eye on everything. If, if I think that's the the most polite way I can say that, right? Uh, there was a there was a stretch last year, I believe, right before the New England game, uh, where the Cowboys said, "Hey, why don't you why don't you go take a little two two week vacation and then come back and we'll we'll see how we're doing then." Uh, I think I think there was some conflicts between that room, and I think it was time to get somebody else in there who maybe has uh, some more skins on the wall. And I think I, I think not only getting rid of Bloom will help, but also bringing in guys like Nolan uh, McCurley and George Edwards. I think those are all pretty big, massive upgrades. Yeah, again, it's almost reminds me of the, you know, in some ways, the kind of uh, John Fossil upgrade, right? Where you've got yes, a guy yes. where they, they, they were trying to kind of band-aid the, the positional coach previously, and, and, and the special teams coach, yep. not even a positional coach, a whole unit coach. Uh, and and, and they, now they've not only just replaced him with, with uh, you know, with, with average, but they've replaced him with very, very good. They've got a lot of guys... Correct. Uh, you know, like I said, McCurley alone is one thing, but but adding in George Edwards and, and Mike Nolan, that makes for quite a trio of, of linebacker coaches. It, it just feels like this staff that McCarthy has brought in is just so much more experienced, right? They've got guys in the right spot. They're not doing on-the-job training, and it's not guys being promoted just because they've been around for a while. It seems like they've got real guys that specialize in certain areas like uh, George Edwards, like McCurley. I mean, and all the way around. I, we, we talked about Joe Philbin, right, you know, as offensive line coach. This is somebody who's been coaching offensive line for 30 years. It's not somebody who just happens to be buddies with Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, and that's why he got the job, right? It, it's This is why I think I'm excited about this coaching staff for the first time in a long time because they got actual guys who are qualified, sometimes even overqualified uh, for the jobs. Um Let's uh, let's talk about the the two star linebackers, uh, Blayton Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith. Uh, I thought Jalen last year took a step back from 2018. I know he made the Pro Bowl in 2019. Uh, he needs to play a lot better. Blayton Van Der Esch, um, really was never healthy at all at, at any point last season. Uh, he dealt with a hip injury um, in training camp. He had the neck injury that ended his season. What are we expecting from two, these two guys? Because when they're at the top of their game, there might not be a better linebacking duo in the NFL. Uh, but we certainly didn't see that last year. Yeah, I kind of feel like Jalen got the raw end of the stick on this. You know, losing Vander Esch, having a subpar linebackers coach, and then frankly being asked to do more than he should have to do. You know, and I mean, how many? I mean, I, I you 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 do see a lot from Jalen, kind of what looks like misdiagnosing or, or, or overrunning plays. But I also see a lot of Jalen basically two gapping from the linebacker position because he has to make a defensive tackle, right? Cause he can't, they can't get, you know, even decent defensive tackle play in the run game. 
Um, you know, I, I just I see a lot of... Antoine Woods is going to be mad at you now. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> if he hasn't blocked me already, then I, then I guess it'll be fine. Um, I, you know, I just feel like there was a lot of times when... Uh, and, and you hear it, too, in interviews where Jalen was having to make the his defensive lineman right and, and not just having to do his assignment. And then again, without Leighton there, kind of having to pick up the slack of, of being the... The uh, you know his look his role when he was good when when these guys are good it's that I I like the hammer and the brush you know it's, it's I the, agree yeah, yeah it's yes. it, that when they do that when it's Jalen hammering this this offensive ski whether it's you know big hits attacking the middle of the defense coming forward and disrupting and then Leighton Va- Vanderesh being the guy who cleans it all up you know he's a big athletic guy with long wingspan big wingspan sure. who can make tackles. Uh, and I think that's that's when they're kind of at their best. When you force Jalen to become more of the Leighton Vander Esch role as well as doing his own thing as, as well, and, and again, with incompetent coaching, it's not mm. a good combination. And I think, you know, obviously it, it showed in his game last year. So I, I, don't, I don't view it necessarily as Jalen's, you know, game taking a step back. I think his play took a step back because of a lot of extenuating circumstances. I think you get Leighton Vander Esch back, you put Jalen back in a position to kind of do what he does best, and you're going to see the kind of, you know, explosive physical playmaker that you saw the year before. All right, I've got a lot more questions about these two linebackers. We're going to get to them in a second, but I wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, motor oil, and even brand new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their website is incredibly easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always incredibly low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box to let them know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, um, Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News a few months ago wrote about uh, the potential for the Cowboys to maybe be changing the positions of the linebackers a little bit. Uh, having Van Der Esch in the middle linebacker role, wearing the green dot, so he's going to be calling the plays, letting Jalen be the weak side linebacker in that DeMario Davis role that we saw last year with the Saints. Do you think that's a better fit for these two players, assuming, again, both of them are healthy? Yeah, I mean, I think that anything that gets them kind of back to where they uh, are doing similar kind of roles that, that that they had previously I think that's that's for the best I mean I think you know moving Leighton Vander Esch to 
the the inside spot, having him call the the the, the defenses. Uh, I think that that can obviously make some sense because you know he's going to get a better view of everything. Uh, now you can allow Jalen to kind of be, uh, like I said, someone that you throw at a defense to kind of uh, uh, you know get get uh, tackles for loss, to disrupt run games, to get sacks on, mm-hmm. on specific situations. I do like the Demario Davis comparison. I mean, obviously he, him being a linebacker for the Saints while uh, D- uh, Dick Nolan was there. Um, was is Mike Nolan? I get him confused with his. We'll dad. get it right eventually. Yeah. What 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 if it, what, his dad's going to show up and start <laughs> coaching? Um, no, I think when uh, you know when Mike came over and, and took over that role for uh, uh, the the Saints, uh, I think he you know Davis is one of these guys who started to have a, like kind of a career resurgence around that point, mm. and and you know he started to see the last three years, uh, and I, actually I guess the last two with with New Orleans. Uh, he had five sacks and four sacks, respectively, those last two seasons. And I, I can imagine a situation where uh, Jalen plays a similar role with e- maybe even more sacks, you know, just because he has, I think, a little bit more there as sure. a pass rusher. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the idea being that, uh, you know, the mic is actually in this defense probably actually closer to the will anyways of what we are used to. And right. the will right. on this Mike Nolan defense does serve as the kind of weak side, you know, off-ball linebacker. Let's not let's not doubt that. But I think that the, that the likelihood that he'll do more than that and and you know be a blitzer, uh, you know, do some some hook or some curl coverage stuff. You know, I, I think those are those are things that you know that he can do really well without having to maybe be the key and diagnose flow tackle guy, which is really. Yeah. Kind of what Leighton Vanderess does best. I really think if the Cowboys can get back a healthy Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen can return to, you know, close to what we saw in 2018, because I really thought he played really well that season. I think right there that's going to make the Cowboys a significantly better defense. And that doesn't even count, you know, potentially, you know, improving the interior defensive line and the pass rush and all that stuff. Just getting these two linebackers to play at their talent level. Uh, will be a significant upgrade for the Cowboys. Um, I want to talk about Sean Lee, Landon. He turns four, uh, 34 here in the next couple of weeks. Um, he was okay last year at times. I think later in the season he was better. He played 637 snaps, uh, kind of took over that full-time role as the, the weak side linebacker when Vander Esch went out. What are you expecting from Sean Lee this year? Because... Um, you know, I, admittedly, there was times last year where I thought he was completely done. It just seemed like he didn't have the athleticism anymore uh, to play the linebacker position. But uh, he wants to continue to, to give it a go. What do you think? What, what are you expecting from him? Well, first of all, we have to recognize, and I don't even think I recognize this, but do you realize that last season was the first year in his career that he played in 16 games? Yeah, that's kind of uh, shocking. It really is. That's I mean, that's pretty pretty amazing. So uh, he only started thirteen of them, but he he played in sixteen. He played no, yep. Yeah, so uh, I think that that's you know that's that's encouraging to a certain degree. sure. You know, at least uh, I, are we getting the Sean Lee that we had you know three years ago, four years ago? No. We're not getting no. we're not getting that Sean Lee. I don't know that Sean Lee probably you know left in 2017, right? Two two or sure. three years ago. 
but does that mean that Sean Lee can't be a valuable player on this defense? Absolutely not. Like he, he, I think he can give you something uh, as the third linebacker, maybe even as a fourth linebacker. Um, I, you know, he still has value on this team. Uh, I, I think you know you saw a little bit more from him in coverage at times last year. Uh, did you realize that he had uh, four pass deflections? Like that's like the, I didn't know. I mean, that's the thing. He he, he actually. You know, for the first time in a, in a couple of years, he made some plays. He had an interception. He had four pass deflections. He had a sack. Uh, you know, his tackle numbers were not in the hundreds like they previously had been. But, you know, he's still, I think, providing some value uh, as a kind of third and fourth linebacker. I think that, you know, the likelihood that we will continue to see steps back in his athleticism, um, I think, is is probably easy to predict uh mm-hmm. but i think that he has enough in him that he has value you know i think he, he whether it again in this locker room where you've got and we'll talk about the rest of these guys but you've got uh, uh joe thomas you've got a guy like luke gifford who you like you've got a mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know uh justin march who you know, is a special teams guy, but I mean, I think you can put him on the field a couple of times and feel okay. You know, the point is, is that you're not reliant on Sean Lee to be a playmaking linebacker, right? You're reliant right. on him being a veteran voice, a guy who can give you a couple of good snaps, smart snaps in the game, uh, and and kind of just fill in gaps. So he's not he's not being reliant upon being your star or even your starter necessarily. So I think Sean Lee can continue to do that. And, and even if he can't, I think that they have, uh, you know, insulated themselves uh, enough that if if there's an injury or if he's just fallen off too much, you know, like I said, you've got Joe Thomas, you've got Luke Gifford, you've get, you can see what you've got in Francis Bernard, uh, you've got answers there that that you know are, are going to be satisfactory. And at the mm-hmm. very worst, you can always go into free agency, I think, and find a guy that you know that can come in and give you solid snaps for pretty cheap because he's a linebacker right so i think lee's value here is going to be a, you know a couple things i think being able to back up really all three linebacker spots and knowing that he's going to be you know assignment sound is valuable i mean there's just there, how many linebackers out there can play all three positions and will know what they're doing at all times and have the experience of playing against uh, a bunch of quarterbacks and knowing what they're seeing in front of them uh, that's that's incredibly valuable. Real quick, and then just as a yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, along those lines too. As we move to a defense that's more complicated, that's more about you know Correct. schemes and, yep. and less about having to be purely athletic. That actually might help Sean Lee because he actually he, sure. you know knowing the assignments, knowing where to be, not having to be as reliant on his athleticism. That may be a bonus to him. Right, and then the other thing is just being. Um, the the mentor for Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, having that guy in their ears and meetings and on the field, uh, on the sidelines is just it's always going to be incredibly valuable. Um, so I think th- if I had to guess, this is probably Lee's last year with the Cowboys. Who knows? Um, I, I still, <laughs> yeah, we, I still think he'd like to play. Uh, maybe the Cowboys will try to find ways to get him on the field. Um, I, I just think he is somebody that the coaching staff is going to absolutely fall in love with. Um, let's go ahead and move on to to the next backup, uh, a guy that you and I both <laughs> like quite a bit uh, in Joe Thomas. Um, 
kind of surprised the Cowboys actually brought him back this offseason because, or actually not the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys liked him, uh, that Thomas decided to come back because I think he is somebody at the very, very worst could be a third linebacker or a nickel linebacker on a good defense. Uh, he's coming back to probably be the fourth linebacker on this team. Uh, tell us about Joe Thomas and where he fits into this uh, Mike Nolan defense. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll just say this. Like, I mean, you kind of have a, a pretty good uh, uh, knowledge of, of the rest of the league. Uh, how, how many of these other NFC East teams uh, do you think Joe <laughs> Thomas could start for? All three. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I think I th- he might even be the best linebacker on two of the teams. I, I think he's better than anything Philadelphia has right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like what Lorenzo Carter is going to start over him for for the Giants, or you no, know, like no, I mean, no. I just like I, I just I think when you look at this group and you look at at, at the the depth chart behind the, the, the guys that you feel you feel good about their talent level, right? Like in Van Der Esch, Jalen. Sure. You got guys like Sean Lee, who you know has been a former Pro Bowler. Maybe he's not the same guy, but then Joe Thomas started in the league, was good. I mean, frankly, I still think could start on probably half the teams in the league. You I know, I, I yeah. mean, just just because I think the the funny thing about Joe Thomas is that the the league has grown into his style. You know, like right. if anything, you know, he right. is a a you know, he's great in coverage. He's very athletic. He's he can sideline to sideline. You know the one thing that you you worry about him at, with him at time is taking on blocks and and some things in the run game. But you know as the league gets more and more pass happy, Joe Thomas sure. becomes more and more fashionable. Uh, and so yeah, I I mean I have zero qualms about him being in the game or if if he has to step in for any of these guys. We've seen him not only you know play well and just not be the uh, the weak link in the defense, but actually make plays on the football and actually you know produce so. Yeah, I, I think the Cowboys really. I mean, I couldn't believe how lucky they were when when we saw Joe Thomas kind of really play, and then the fact that mm-hmm. he came back and they, that he re-signed with the Cowboys. I mean, I, I was I was shocked because I just think he's played so well since he's been here. I, I thought for sure that some team was going to give him a starting job, but I, I guess that really probably just speaks to the linebacker market more than it does anything else. A little bit, but okay. So, for example, um, I watched the Packer 49er playoff game, uh, the championship game from this year, just a couple days ago. Blake Martinez, who the Giants gave $10 million a year for the next three years, could not play in that game because he's not athletic enough against the 49ers. Like, they they purposely attacked him and ran for over 300 yards in that game because Blake Martinez is a bad linebacker. That's the Giants' best linebacker going into the season. And I know Thomas is a better player than that. You can ask any Packer fan. That's When Joe Thomas was there with Blake yeah. Martinez, it wasn't even close. So that's you're not wrong on saying that there's a lot of teams that could be using Joe Thomas's, uh, you know ability. And frankly, I, I, I don't understand why he didn't get more money in free agency. It's just it's astonishing to me. I love it because I think it gives you some comfort where – that's the like the baseline of linebacker you're going to get week to week is Joe Thomas, and that's a quality linebacker. And I think I think the ceiling is much high for the Cowboy, much higher than that for the Cowboys because they have Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith and Sean Lee. But to have somebody like that as your fourth linebacker, uh, that's that's pretty incredible. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, I just wanted to remind you guys that today's episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast is brought to you by Bill Bar. Uh, right before the show, I had the 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 peanut butter. It's a peanut butter banana. It's one of their new flavors. Ooh, that's uh, a good one. Yeah. I had it. Yeah. It's yep. delicious. Um, if you've never tried Built Bar before, let me tell you this. They are the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate with amazing flavors. Uh, the best part is it's a low calorie bar with a ton of pre- protein packed in with no crazy additives. If you want to get in on Built Bars, just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. Okay, Lynn, and this is where it gets really interesting because I think the top four are pretty much set with, you know, assuming nothing crazy happens between now and the start of the season. Um, but linebackers five, six, and seven, there's some interesting guys here. Let's start with Justin March, who you brought up. Really more of a special teamer. He was another guy that I thought that the Cowboys would probably let go. He would probably try to find somewhere else with uh, maybe some opportunity available. That didn't happen. He decided to rejoin the Cowboys. What are you expecting from Justin March this year? I thought he would get end up in Oakland, just like uh, yeah. all the rest of these Everybody guys. else. Or Vegas, I guess I should say. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Justin March is, is a special teams ace. And I think that uh, you, you're holding on to him because of that specifically. Um, I think he has proven at times, and, and, I, and again, I think he's an improve, uh, still an improving player. Uh, I think he's proven at times that he could be uh, uh, worthy of being on the field. Uh, I think we have seen him being taken advantage of a couple of different times when he has been on the field. But I also think that you know that's probably because he doesn't get a ton of opportunity to be mm-hmm. on the field. So, right. Uh, but I think he has the talent level to develop as a uh, I don't know about a rotational player or a starter or anything, but a guy who is a special teams player that is a reliable backup. That you feel like you yeah. can place in there and not, you know, get you killed. Uh, he doesn't even necessarily need to be that on this team because Joe Thomas kind of is at that spot, and, and right, Frank, right. frankly, another guy that we're going to be talking about here in a second, maybe even superseding him on 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 that part of the depth chart. But I, I do think that at the very minimum, I mean, if Justin March is the bottom linebacker you you roster on game day, it's fantastic. You're doing great, man. Like, that's really oh, really absolutely. good. Yeah. Um, Justin March is a really small linebacker, so I think sometimes when you you watch him in the run game, he can struggle. He's only six foot, like two hundred twenty five pounds, very small. But uh, I do think there's a chance that he could improve in pass coverage, uh, and maybe eventually he takes over that fourth linebacker spot, maybe fighting for uh, Justin Thomas's snaps. Um, let's move along to Luke Gifford, somebody that we loved in preseason last year. I thought he was you know one of the bigger stars of. Uh, the preseason got hurt, I believe, was it the third or fourth preseason game? Yeah, it was late. Um, but, yeah, and uh, the Cowboys put him on the active roster. They kept him on there for most of the season. Um, somebody who I think, you know, again, I think he could potentially be a third linebacker in the NFL in not too long. Um, but, again, new coaching staff. We'll see how he fits into this new defense. But what are you expecting from Gifford in year two? 
Yeah, I mean, just a uh, you know a guy that they uh, they really liked all throughout. I mean, really the the kind of infatuation started uh, in before training camp. It started in OTAs and 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 in uh, in some of the uh, the the mini camps and that sort of thing. They just you started hearing the kind of rumbling about. Uh, hey, this Luke Gifford guy really looks good, and 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 you know, considering that there, I mean, just as much as there is this year, last year there was so much depth in the linebacker core. I mean, all these guys that are here now were there then, except for Francis Bernard, who's beneath all these guys, right? And and you know, even then, with with all the names like Sean Lee and Joe Thomas and you know Justin March. This is the guy who was getting the most buzz outside of the top, you know, top three linebackers. So when they when they got opportunities to get him on the field in, in training camp and in, in OTAs, uh, he continued to shine. He continued to make plays. You know, I remember when I was out there at training camp, he, I saw him make a couple different plays, and, and it was kind of like, okay, this is this is the guy they keep talking about. Uh, so when he got injured, I think you know a lot of Cowboys fans were. I don't want to say happy, right? Like, I don't want to say that there was like they were happy that uh, the situation that he was injured, but I, I will say that they were happy that at least they were going to get an opportunity to uh, get a chance to either put him on the practice squad or get some sort of roster mechanism to keep him because they really, really liked what they saw in him. All right, Landon, another linebacker that we need to talk about is Francis Bernard, who was one of the Cowboys' biggest undrafted free agent signings uh, out of Utah. Uh, Bounced around a little bit in college, not overly athletic, um, but this guy was super productive in the Pac-12, was on one of the best defenses in the country. He's going to have a hard time making this roster with the guys that we just talked about, including Joe Thomas, Luke Gifford, Justin March. Um, but what kind of chances do you give Bernard of making this roster, and what do you think he can give to the Cowboys this season? I mean, you talk about a guy who was, I mean, despite not being uber-athletic, was one of the most talented defenders on one of the most talented defenses in all of college football last year. And you talk about all the different players that came out of that defense uh, that were all, you know, drafted, and you look at him, and he was kind of the gang leader of them all. I mean, he's the one who made the calls and, and was the, 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 the leader there. You know, he has kind of a uh, winding road to get to the NFL because of several off-field issues and some, you know, some weird, uh, some just uh, just a, an unusual path that got him here, right? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's kind of an aged prospect, but I think he has the instincts and the, the motor to, to really – uh, thrive in a role where he can earn a spot. I think as a as a special teamer uh, who could eventually you know make his way into uh, uh, you know maybe that that Justin March spot that you know down roster guy who could be a special teamer that um, you know that could that could come in and, and give you some good snaps as a, as a linebacker as well. You know the only thing is that he's not he's not the athlete that Justin March or Joe Thomas is. So no, and that's where he's, he's going to be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 where things are going to be tougher for him, especially on special teams, because you know obviously that there's there's some some requ- requisite athleticism required for 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 playing a gunner or on the punt team or that sort of thing. So uh, you know I, I think it's going to be a case where his ability to play linebacker, I think. Uh, is what's going to get him 
on the team, right? Mm-hmm. Even though, even yeah. though it's it's going to be important for him to focus on special teams, the thing that's going to get that's going to catch the coach's eyes, that's actually going to be uh, uh, his calling card, is is likely not to be special teams. Even though that's what his role will be early on, it's likely that they see something in him as a linebacker that they don't they're not exactly ready to let go to another team yet. It's going to be fascinating to see what he can do because if he can if he can just be a better pure linebacker, whether it's at middle or will, um, maybe he does beat out Justin Marsh, or maybe he makes one of those guys ahead of him available via trade. We just talked about how much we love Joe Thomas. If a team gets into camp and they don't love their linebackers and the Cowboys are excited about Bernard, maybe they flip Joe Thomas for a draft pick and give Bernard more snaps. So uh, something to keep an eye on. I'll, I'll just throw out two names really quickly who uh, we've actually talked about before, but Jalen Jelks and Azur Kamara, both were guys that were defensive ends in college. I kind of have a feeling both guys are going to be working as linebackers in some capacity, probably on the strong side. Stephen Jones has mentioned this pass rushing role or specialist. Uh, Maybe they each get a crack at it. So keep an eye on Jelks and Kamara as potential guys uh, uh, who could maybe play a little bit of linebacker if needed. All right, Landon, let's finish this podcast by grading this positional group. Uh, a lot of depth, a lot of talent at top. What do you give this grade, or what do you give this positional group? I mean, just because of what we saw last year, I'm going I'm to give them an A. But I would normally say an A+, plus just because, I mean, like, you've got such great mm-hmm. talent up top, and you've got incredible depth. I just, you know, still a little bit burnt by, by some of the performance we saw last year. So I'm going to call it an A. Uh, but I think that there is every opportunity for this to be an A plus group, uh, you know, by the time the season rolls around. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a B plus right now with certainly the potential of an A plus. If you can just get Van Der Esch back to the level that we saw in 2018, that itself will make this an A. I mean, he's just that good of a player. The depth certainly boosted up quite a bit because if they, if one of those top linebackers can't stay healthy, again, I feel good about Sean Lee and Joe Thomas getting back into the fold and helping them out there. I also think getting an experienced linebacker coach, um, grabbing somebody like Mike Nolan to help them out, uh, that also makes this uh, you know unit one of the best in the league because of all the experience with Edwards and uh, you know McCurley and Mike Nolan. So exciting, exciting group to talk about. I'm really excited to see them this season to see if they can get back uh, to an elite level of play again. If they can do that, it should be among the, the league's best linebacker cores in all of football. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day.